Hello, and welcome to Strange Sound, episode 13, Lucky 13, here we are, back again. How is everyone? Everyone holding it together? Man, what a week we've had. This is, uh, (laughs) just when you think things can't get worse, things get worse, and this is something we've seen certainly over the last, um, five years in particular, but really it's kind of a general trend. And, uh, yeah. So no sooner did we hit 100,000 deaths conservatively in the United States, uh, due to COVID-19, but there was also the death, the murder, I should say, of George Floyd in Minneapolis and, the consequent dallying about uh, whether or not they were going to charge the officer who uh, murdered him and the officers who um, conspired in the murder, um, one might say. And that took four days for them to decide that they were going to charge the one officer who had his knee on George's neck until he died. And, of course, uh, consequently, we have had large demonstrations, a growing number of demonstrations, um, not only in Minneapolis, but in cities across the nation. Um, And um, along with that, uh, quite a bit of destruction, um, fires, that sort of thing, which is a familiar pattern. Uh, this happens when these things happen, and these things happen quite frequently in America. For those of you who do not live here, um, this is, well, this is tape B. Go to tape B. Um, there's certain ways that things unfold in the United States, and this is this is one of them. I have to say I've been very impressed with the fact that um, we have... Uh, an activist base, a, you know, thousands and thousands of young people going out in the street and making their voices heard, regardless of what people say about them. I know um, there's an effort underway to tie them to the um, sort of vandalism and the burning down of buildings and that sort of thing. And it's, this again, very very familiar pattern. Um, when these um, police killings happen, and these things come up quite frequently, it's it's a <laughs> anyone who's lived in this country for more than five minutes knows that this is a repeating pattern. Back from the days of uh, in the modern era, 
certainly um, Rodney King um, up through, you know, Abner Louima, Amadou Diallo, Patrick Dorismond into the more recent years. Sean Bell. Um, it just goes on and on. Sandra Bland, more recently, of course. I could go on, but you know the names. Speak the names. And it's uh, it's disgusting. And I find um, the resistance inspiring. I'm worried about um, the fires and the destruction that this is going to be used as a bludgeon against the movement. But there's nothing much that the movement can do. People need to push forward. Um, there are apparently agents, provocateurs, agents provocateurs, as the French say. Uh, they know very well, God knows, in France. Um, they see this sort of thing too. And there's fairly convincing evidence that some people have been trying to stir the pot and encourage you know, vandalism. It's not surprising to me that there would be looting uh, just because 40 million people are out of work and people were on edge to begin with before the 40 million people were thrown out of work. And uh, I'm not surprised that people would go through, you know, a broken, a broken door or a broken window and target and walk out with some goods. Uh, that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, it doesn't scandalize me at all. I target, I'm sure, can can handle the loss, but um, the burning, the um, the fires, uh, this this is this is the kind of thing that's that's going to happen, you know. And this is not at the core of the movement. This is um, around the edges of it, and uh, it's this is a really upsetting time but again just as COVID-19 has laid bare so many of the contradictions of our society the inadequacy of our healthcare system the um, inadequacy of our economy um, the fact that people are living on the edge the fact that you know after a couple weeks out of work that people are in practically standing in bread lines need urgent assistance and now of course, the heinous killing of George Floyd. Just disgusting. And, you know, this on top of, like, Ahmed Arbery, and th- there have been numerous incidents in recent months that just underline the fact that black people are, they, they have a target on their back. And the police have a deep structural problem. This is not bad apples. This is this is a problem that reflects a deeper problem in our society. The police um departments are are a product of this society and they are about keeping white people safe from dark people. And that's that's how, I mean, when you hear people talking about them, 
that's <laughs> the the language is coded, but they are essentially saying that when they're saying they keep us they keep us safe every day, you know, people risking their lives every day to keep us safe. Keep us safe from what? And who's us? Did they keep George Floyd safe? No. Um, I've seen some things in a homemade video, sort of cell phone video that uh, are, are frankly shocking. Some of the police tactics are just shocking. Uh, I would share one with you. Um, I'm hoping I can find this again on Twitter. I think I think I might have commented on it, but it was it was shared by Ben Dixon, I believe. Um, I shot um, this young woman who was um, in a car, and her uncle was being arrested by some riot police. Um, he was standing, you know. Um, in a very non-threatening way, they were. They had asked him to. They had told him to, you know, more or less freeze. And he was, he he was uh, keeping his hands to himself, and he was standing there quite still. And they were, they were more or less apprehending him. I think they were preparing to book him. And there were several cops, and one of the cops came up behind him and kicked him in the ass, just hauled off, and 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 just kicked him as hard as he could. And it was just gobsmacking. It just, I could not believe it. He didn't do anything to deserve that. Not that that would be appropriate under any circumstances, but still, the man was standing there, you know, under, you know, under restraint from the police, uh, under voluntary restraint, essentially, he was restraining himself. And he looked completely calm. He wasn't agitated. He was just standing there, and a cop came up behind him and kicked him in the back. Just hauled off and kicked him. It was terrible. Um. Anyway, if you go on Twitter, you'll see what I mean. Uh, check out Ben Dixon's feed. Um, and, you know, there's plenty more where that came from, I'm sure. It's uh, been uh, quite, as I said before, quite a week, and I I am so impressed with some of what I've seen of these young people, brave, marching forward through the tear gas, you know, to to make their point. And uh, if there's any hope, it's in those it's in those folks. So that's all I have to say on that. Um, there's other folks who can speak more intelligently on it than I can, certainly. So anyway, uh, what I wanted to talk about this episode is electoral politics to some extent. I'm getting kind of concerned about the November election from the standpoint of, um, the actual process and the um and people's confidence in the process moving forward the president as he did in 2016 is doing everything he can to undermine the legitimacy of the electoral process 
particularly with regard to the uh, presidential election, but I think uh, you know even more broadly, he's making wild claims about vote by mail. Um, one just a few days ago that is just I, I can't even describe it. Um, you've probably seen it. Uh, he's talking to the press and he's describing you know how kids are gonna go to mailboxes and and grab the ballots and you know mark them up and and you know I, I don't, it was just such a bizarre display. He's he's just like reeling this off and acting like, well, you know that they're going to do this. You know that they do this. And the press wasn't exactly pushing back on him. I mean, somebody somebody tried to sort of um, correct the record a little bit, but not not really very vehemently. I, I I for the life of me, and I don't understand why the press corps doesn't work in tandem with one another, so that the next person that he calls on instead of just going to their prepared question, would say, uh, Mr. President, um, can your people point us to the um, evidence that you're citing or that you're basing your, your um, assertions on? We don't expect you to do it, but can your people please point us to what the basis of your assertion is when you say that vote by mail is rife with fraud and that if we institute vote by mail across the country, then legions of kids are going to be stealing the ballots out of people's mailboxes because then they're going to know exactly when they arrive. They're going to know exactly when the ballots arrive in the mailboxes. So they'll know exactly when to come by the mailbox and just grab them. Because, I mean, after all, it's really easy to get things out of people's mailboxes. And, of course, you know exactly when those ballots are going to get there. And also the thing about, like, printing phony ballots. I mean, it was... It's just amazing. It's like this guy is our president. Unbelievable. So... He's obviously working overtime, working very hard at creating the predicate for claiming, I mean, he's obviously worried about his reelection, right? He doesn't think it's, he doesn't think he's a shoe in. He's not going to say that, but he knows that he's got a bit of a problem with regard to his reelect. He may well win. God knows, but he must be seeing plenty of evidence, internal evidence, internal polling, that sort of thing that is telling him, you know, you've got a problem. And unless things go a certain way, you know, you've got a real problem. And to that end, he is creating the predicate for claiming fraud. This is what he did in 2016. I personally think his effort in 2016 was a way of um, setting himself up for what would have been Trump TV. He expected to lose. He would lose to Hillary Clinton, then claim fraud, and then use that as like the um, issue with which to launch Trump TV, which would be its own kind of Fox News on steroids. Not that Fox News isn't on steroids already. 
That's what he would have done. Um, but something funny happened on the way to, to uh, Trump TV. Uh, he got elected president. So now, now he's concerned about being unelected president. And so he's using the same tactic, but to a different end. And we are looking at a possibility that, assuming Joe Biden is the Democratic nominee, if Joe Biden wins in November, in the November election, that there's going to be a full-throated claim of fraud, election fraud, based on all of these conspiracy theories that he's been spinning out for the last few years, and particularly in recent months. Particularly if we go with a kind of a national vote by mail, which I'm, I suspect he won't sign, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't think there's, you know, people have talked about this. I don't think this is anything, any news to anybody. The thing that I find particularly concerning, though, and I've heard this on some progressive talk. Um, I've heard Michael Moore talking about this on his uh, Rumble podcast, um, which I I listen to. Um, And this concerns me. I hear people um, on the left and in, you know, in sort of liberal circles as well, you know, sort of centrist, liberal, that sort of thing, um, sort of uh, worrying over, you know, oh, Trump, maybe he's going to delay the election. Maybe he's going to delay the November election or cancel the election or push it back or, you know, find some kind of way of, of, of doing that. Now, let me be clear. I'm not saying don't talk about this because I think people should talk about whatever they think is worth talking about, right? But when we say stuff like that, when we when we talk about him delaying the election, um, that creates an expectation in people's minds. That creates a sense of possibility that that's, that that could actually happen. That can't happen. That's a matter of statute. No, it's not in the Constitution that November 3rd is going to be Election Day. The first Tuesday after the first Monday in November. Which this year is November 3rd. That's statutory. It's a law that was passed in 1845 by the, I believe, the 28th Congress. It was passed January 23rd, 1845, an act to establish a uniform time for holding elections for electors of president and vice president in all of the states of the Union. Be it enacted by the Senate and the House of Representatives of the United States of America in Congress assembled that the electors of president and vice president shall be appointed in each state on the Tuesday next after the first Monday in the month of November of the year in which they are to be appointed. This is the relevant portion of it is election day fixed. The election day is fixed. It even says in the, in the marginal comment on the legislation, election day fixed on the Tuesday next after the first Monday in the month of November. 
signed by President John Tyler at that point, January 23rd, 1845. So there we have it. It's the law. The president can't ignore that. Let's just treat it like it's the law because that's what it is. Let's not create a space in our culture and in in the current mindset, you know, which tends to cede to Donald Trump this expansive executive power that he himself claims with um, support by, you know, Bill Barr and others in his administration who feel that there's a, you know, who believe in the unitary executive theory um, that particularly the Republican Party has been fond of advancing over the last, well, the last couple of cycles that they've been in power. We should not feed into this. We should not, as either leftists or, you know, centrist liberals, whatever, we should not create a space for this expectation. We should be definite about this. It's not impossible that there would be some kind of um, attempt to grab power or to, you know, manipulate the election in that way if they feel like they can get away with it. I think we have to be kind of firm about that, though. I don't think we should be encouraging people to think of that as being a possibility. Now, I say that at the risk of doing that myself by, <laughs> by even raising this issue. But anyway, <laughs> people with a much louder voice than mine, many more listeners than I have, and I don't have very many listeners at all, um, are saying, well, God, I don't know. I hope the president doesn't you know, delay election day. No. No. What we have to say is the president can't delay election day. It's a matter of law. Duly passed, signed by the president at the time. It's statutory. He has absolutely no ability to do that. And if we talk about it, we should make that point. The president does not have the ability or the right to do that. Now, I know elections are not, you know, elections aren't the be-all, end-all, but they are important. It's not something that we should spend very much time thinking about, but we certainly shouldn't neglect, and I've said so before on this show. I think electoral politics is important. It's not the most important thing. The most important thing is organizing. Electoral politics cannot be successful without organizing. We know that, but we have to keep our eye on the ball as well. And I think it's urgent that we deny Donald Trump a second term as president of the United States. And I think the reason for that is fairly obvious. There's no way that we can push Donald Trump to do the right thing. He doesn't care what we think. He doesn't have any inclination towards listening to the likes of us. The Democrats, another matter. They don't want to listen to us. But with them, we're pushing on an open door. We're pushing out on a door that opens out. With the Republicans, we're pushing out on a door that opens in. 
And it's just impossible. You just can't do it. And that's, you know, look, that's my position on this. I've mentioned before, I've, I've expanded on it at length in previous episodes. I'm just uh, concerned that if we don't um, speak in very definite terms about the quadrennial presidential election, that um, we run the risk of creating a space for them to uh, to game this. And if anyone, if any president is liable to try to act outside the law with regard to uh, when our presidential election is, is held, uh, it would be this one. If they thought they could get away with it, if the administration thought they could get away with it. Now, there's no question but that however the election turns out, particularly if he loses, they're going to cry fraud. They're going to sue. They're going to dig their heels in. And they would have until January 20th to do that. And then they would no longer be president. The president has to leave. Noon on the 20th. Right? Amendment 20 of the Constitution of the United States. The terms of the president and the vice president shall end at noon on the 20th day of January. And it goes on to talk about senators. But that's it. Amendment 20. The terms of the president and the vice president shall end at noon on the 20th day of January. So... Again, statutory requirement that the presidential election, the quadrennial presidential election, be held on the first Tuesday after the first Monday in November. Constitutional requirement that the president leave office on the 20th of January following that November at noon. And make way for the new president. So let's just keep that in mind. Let's try to remind people that that's the case. Because if we do manage to dislodge this president, we want to make sure that he doesn't feel like he's got the space to say, oh, well, you know, I don't accept the results of this election. I don't like the way this came out. Uh, Little Lord Fuckleroy, as I've become fond of calling him, um, is likely to be dissatisfied, okay? And that's fine. Let's not give him the space to throw a tantrum. Now, he can, you know, rage all he likes, but on January 20th, 2021, at noon, if he lost the election, he's out of there. Anyway, that's all I got to say about that. like to hear what you have to say. Again, um, I haven't gotten any feedback. I'd be glad to share whatever feedback I have on the show. Be glad to make this conversation. Please push back. Tell me why I'm wrong. I need to know why I'm wrong. Sometimes I feel like I am wrong. You ever get that feeling? I get it all the time. Anyway, please. 
Uh, go to anchor.fm slash strange sound and you'll find the means to leave a voicemail message. Um, you can also um, message me on my various um, social media platforms. Twitter, we're at Strange Sound Pod. Uh, Facebook, there's a link on the Anchor site. Um, you can leave comments. You can you like the show, share the show, whatever you want to do. Leave comments, um, insult me, uh, whatever you think. And I'd be glad to hear from you. But uh, that's all I've got to say. I want to encourage people, please be safe out there. If you're protesting, if you're standing up for the rights of people of color in this in this country to live unmolested, <laughs> eh, very important thing to be in favor of, um, please be careful and protect yourselves. Um, and good luck out there. Stay safe. Stay well. We'll see you next time. So long.